ready to make their case on why they're prepared to be commander-in-chief amid two wars on the world stage, how they plan to tackle stubborn inflation, and how they can unite a deeply divided electorate. Who is best to take on President Biden? And can any of them first beat former President Wrong. Trump, who's far ahead in the polls? The candidates are here. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. From NBC News, the Republican presidential debate. Live from the Adrian Arst Center in Miami, Florida. Republican presidential I'm Lester Holt, anchor of NBC Nightly News. Good evening. I'm Kristen Welker, moderator of NBC's Meet the Press. Hello, I'm Hugh Hewitt, host of Salem Radio's The Hugh Hewitt Show. We are now just 68 days from the Iowa caucuses when Republican primary voters will begin to determine their party's nominee for president. Tonight, we'll question five candidates seeking that nomination on how they're best prepared to be commander in chief. And, of course, how best to bring down prices impacting Americans across the country. We have two hours for a serious debate Next on the question. issues that Here's matter the, most like, to Republican voters. There, uh, Candidates will have one minute and 30 seconds for answers and the opportunity for a closing oh, statement. Follow-ups will be at the discretion of all of us at the table, Actually, the moderators. Invoking a candidate's name or policy does not necessarily mean the mentioned candidate is entitled to a response. We want to caution all the candidates not to interrupt or speak over your fellow debaters. If you talk over each other, the voters can't hear you. And given the critical issues we're facing specifically on the world stage, we want everyone to hear every word you have to say. Continued interruptions may result in loss of additional questions. And to our audience, please, please hold your applause so that the candidates can be heard. With that said, let's have a good debate. All right, our first question, the opening question, is one for all of you. Donald Trump is the first ex-president in more than 100 years to... ...reigns popular among Republican primary voters as his legal challenges mount. Governor DeSantis, let me begin with you on this one. Speak to Republican voters who are supporting Donald Trump. Why should you and not him be the Republican nominee to face Joe Biden a year from now. Because he's there. This country is in trouble. And the elites that have put us here, they don't care about you. They don't care that you're having to grapple with higher grocery prices or have higher gas prices. They don't care that your family's less secure because of the open border that's allowed drugs and even terrorists to come into this country. Well, I care. I am not going to sit idly by and let this country continue its downward spiral. We need leadership, and we need it now. I'll take the hits. I'll take the arrows, I'll take the slings, because ultimately it's not about me, it's about you. I will fight for you. I will make sure to lead 
this country's revival, and I will win for you and your family. Actions speak louder than words. We don't have time for excuses, and it's not something that we're going to be able to have all these distractions. As a veteran, I will get the job done. Now, if you look where we are now, it's a lot different than where we were in 2016. And Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. He should explain why he didn't have Mexico pay for the border wall. He should explain why he racked up so much debt. He should explain why he didn't drain the swamp. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing. In Florida, I showed how it's done. One year ago here, we want a historic victory, including a massive landslide right here in Miami-Dade County. That's how we have to do it. So I promise you this, as the nominee, next November I'll Thank get you, the Governor. job done, and They're as president Miami. I will your, deliver. Your time is up. Let me turn to Ambassador Haley. <laughs> Let me turn to Ambassador Haley. Why you and not the former president? Well, I think you look at the fact that we're almost $34 trillion in debt. 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 50% of American families can't afford diapers. One in six American families can't pay their utility bills. You have parents who are worried about what's being said or taught to their child in the classroom. There's no transparency. We have anti-Semitism all over our college campuses, and students feel unsafe. You've got an open border where terrorists can come through, and we've got wars happening all over us, and there are dangers around us. You know, everybody wants to talk about President Trump. Well, I can talk about President Trump. I can tell you that I think he was the right president at the right time. I don't think he's the right president now. I think that he put us $8 trillion in debt, and our kids are never going to forgive us for that. I think the fact that he used to be right on Ukraine and, and foreign issues, now he's getting weak in the knees and trying to be friendly again. I think that we've got to go back to the fact that we can't live in the past. We can't live in other headlines. We've got to start focusing on what's going to make America strong and proud. And that's what I'm focused on doing. Let's make sure we pay down our debt. I think we need an accountant in the White House. Let's make sure that we have transparency in the classroom. As a mom, I know what that means. Let's make sure we secure our borders so that our families are safe. Let's get crime down because our families want to know that they can be safe no matter where they go. And as as the wife of a combat veteran, I will tell you, the military needs to know we have our back, and we need to make sure that America is Ambassador, strong. thank you very much. No, I think that's funny. Let me just caution the audience. Let's not go down this road. We've asked you to please, you know, keep restraining yourselves, and it would be helpful so we can hear the candidates, because these are important issues, and the voters want and need to hear them. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, let me is turn to you. Uh, please voters, make your case. Jackass. Why would you... Uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a He's party of losers <laughs> at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020. 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. Oh, and I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. 
Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network no. for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton that made not? up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Oh, it's an acorn. Mr. We need accountability because this Again, media rigged the 2016 election. So they rigged the 2020 yep. election with the Hunter Biden laptop Amazing. story. And they're going to rig this election the time is the accountability. Let me turn to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you... Governor Christie, why do you eat so many McDonald's cheeseburgers? Audience, let's not do this. Let, let's Shut not up. do this. Let's let the candidate speak. Uh, Governor Christie, why you and not former President Trump? Well, Lester, look. You said Lester. it at the beginning of the debate. We are Lester, dealing with Lester. extraordinarily <laughs> important Joe issues Biden, in this country the right CNN now. Jester. <laughs> we have our greatest ally there. in the Middle East <laughs> under fire from a terrorist group that has committed to, to wiping them and every Jewish person in this world off the map. It's okay, I'll just call it We have it'll be fine. Ukraine with Vladimir Putin, a communist KGB dictator who wants to put the old band back together. He's starting in Ukraine and he's gonna to move to the Baltics and Poland after that. We have inflation in this country that is choking, choking every American family that wants to try to rise up and give their children a better life. And tonight, we need to decide which president is going to be the one to tackle the big issues, who's going to make this country look once again, not just inward, but look outward at the world and say America is the country, the indispensable nation that makes this a safer world. And in a safer world, American innovation, American hard work has always been the thing that has driven our country to greater things. I'm going to be the president who will do those no, big things. Not. Oh. We're not going to be small, and I'll say this about Donald <laughs> Trump. That a little weird Anybody there, who's going to be spending the next year and a half of their life focusing on keeping themselves out of jail and courtrooms cannot lead this party or this Fair. country, right, and Governor, it needs to be said plainly. Senator Scott, you've said former President Trump can't win. Make your case to Republican voters. Well, certainly. What I would say without any question is that the truth of my life destroys the lies of the radical left. We need a president and a candidate who will actually help our base solidify and attract independent voters into our party. The Great Opportunity Party is now winning back African-American voters and Hispanic voters because we are working on a foundation based on faith. Our nation is facing some deep challenges. It is the loss of faith in this nation that is part of the erosion that we're seeing every single day. It's restoring faith, restoring our Christian values that will help this nation once again become the city on the hill. When Ronald Reagan talked about the city on the hill, he was coming from Matthew 5. When President Lincoln talked about a house divided, that was Mark. Our founding documents speak to the importance of a faith foundation. You don't have to be a Christian for America to work for you, but America does not work without a faith-filled Judeo-Christian foundation. 
I would be the president that helps us restore faith in God, faith in each other, and faith in our future. Without that focus, none of the issues, the policies, the issues. matter. We have to get back to being well, I mean, a nation if everyone that is morally correct, the city on the hill that believes in each really other enough for us to fight Senator Scott, for that future. You, Senator Scott, thank you. We're going to turn now to the challenges facing <laughs> the next commander in chief. You'll all be fielding questions first from me and the Republican Jewish Coalition, and then from Kristen and Hugh. So as we continue forward, By the, way, uh, the Israel is Hamas war is barely a month old. Tonight, Israeli troops are fighting we'll inside Gaza City with we over 200 hostages who remain captive there. And the civilian casualties mount inside Gaza. Christy, we know you don't as President of the United States, what would you <laughs> be urging Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to do at this moment? Governor DeSantis. I would be telling Bibi, finish the job once and for all with these butchers, Hamas. They're terrorists. They're massacring innocent people. They would wipe every Jew off the globe if they could. He cannot live with that threat right by his country. That Hamas should release every hostage and they should unconditionally surrender. I'm sick of hearing the media. I'm sick of hearing other people blame Israel just for defending itself. We will stand with Israel in word and in deed in public and in private. And I can tell you, as governor, I actually did something about it. Biden's neglect has been atrocious. Uh, we had Floridians that were over there after the attack. He left them stranded. They couldn't get flights out. So I scrambled resources in Florida. I sent planes over to Israel, and I brought back over 700 people to safety. There could have been more hostages had we not acted. And I'll tell you this, I met the first plane load uh, when they came to Florida, and one of the mothers pointed to a six-year-old daughter, and she said, my daughter had been saying the last two nights, Mommy, I don't want to hear any more bombs, no more rockets. I just want to get back to Florida. So there's a difference between words and deeds. We acted and we saved lives. Thank you. Ambassador Haley, what would you do? What would you be urging numbers, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to do? Would you consider a humanitarian pause, for example? The first thing I said to him when it happened was I said, finish them finish them. And the reason is I worked on this every day when I was at the United it's Nations. Funny, and we have to so remember to that they there. have to, one, eliminate Hamas, two, support Please. Israel with whatever they need, whenever they need it, and three, make sure we bring our hostages home. We need to be very clear-eyed to know there would be no Hamas without Iran. There would be no Hezbollah without Iran. There would not be the Houthis without Iran. And there wouldn't be the Iranian militias in Syria and Iraq that are trying to hear, hit our military men and women if it hadn't been for Iran. And who is funding Iran right now? China is buying oil from Iran. Russia is getting drones and missiles from Iran. And there is an unholy alliance. We need to be clear-eyed. The last thing we need to do is to tell Israel what to do. The only thing we should be doing is forever. supporting them and eliminating Hamas. It is not that Israel needs here, America. America needs Israel. They are the <clears throat> tip of the spear when it comes to this Islamic terrorism, and we need to make sure that we have their backs in that process. All right. Thank you. Mr. Ramaswamy, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ramaswamy any daylight between you and the candidates we just heard in this issue on what you would tell the prime minister? Not in terms of what I would tell the prime minister, no. In fact, I would go one step further. The founding vision of Israel was based on the idea that they don't want to depend on anybody else's sympathy or direction in defending themselves. So what I would tell Bibi is that Israel has the right and the responsibility 
to defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border, and then I'll tell him as President of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. That's his responsibility. This is our responsibility. That's how we move forward. But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age, to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding $7 trillion to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN. Bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Senator, uh, Senator, Damn, yes, Senator same question to you. You're the president. You're on the phone in the Oval Office with the accurate, Prime Minister. You tell him. Oh, yeah, I know, but I mean, uh, but number one, I would tell Prime Minister Netanyahu, not only do you have the responsibility and the right to wipe Hamas off of the map, we will support you. We will be there with you. We'll stand shoulder to shoulder. There will be no daylight. But I, I would change the, the station a little bit, though, and head back home to, to America. I would say to President Biden, diplomacy only is a weak strategy. Appeasement leads to war. From President Obama to President Biden, Obama sent millions to Iran. Frankly, President Biden has sent billions to Iran. That is why I've said that there's blood dripping from the hands of President Obama and President Biden. I would tell President Biden with great clarity, if you want to stop the 40-plus attacks on military personnel in the Middle East, you have to strike in Iran. If you want to make a difference, you cannot just continue to have strikes in Syria on warehouses. You actually have to cut off the head of the snake, and the head of the snake is Iran and not simply their proxies. In order for us to have a powerful response from America, we have to be in a position of strength. As President of the United States, my foreign policy is simple. You cannot negotiate with evil. Yeah. You have to destroy it. All right, Senator Scott, thank you. <laughs> Governor Christie, I want to get you to weigh in here. Yeah. Look, Lester, these problems are so big and serious that the first thing I would say to, to Prime Minister Netanyahu is pretty simple. America is here, no matter what it is you need at any time to preserve the state of Israel. Remember that Hamas's main goal is to get rid of Israel, is to get Israel absolutely off the map. Now, there are three things I think I would say to him when he asked for advice. The first I would say is that it is absolutely your obligation to protect the territorial integrity of Israel. Yeah, pretty sure Secondly, to make sure you protect the security and the safety advice. of your people. Every time something happens to compromise either one of those things, it creates greater unrest in the entire region. Second, you must go in and make sure that Hamas can never do this again. Um, the fact is that Israel and their intelligence community failed. 
they failed here and they failed the people of the state of Israel. And so we need to work closely and better together to make sure one, that they're degraded, and two, that we know everything that's going on inside the Gaza Strip when it's going on so that something like this can't happen to kill 1,400 individuals again. And the third thing is to keep your eye on the ball. Make sure that we continue to isolate Iran. Work with the reasonable nations in the Middle East, the other Arab nations who want to partner with you, and make sure that we continue to isolate Iran so that their only friends in the world are the part of the evil foursome, China, Russia, Governor, Iran, and North Governor Korea. Governor Christie, thank you very much. And we're going to continue in this vein right now with a question from Matthew Brooks, the CEO of the Republican Jewish Coalition, yeah, a partner uh, of the Republican National Committee in this debate. <laughs> Given attacks by Iranian-backed proxy groups on U.S. military bases in Syria and Iraq, attacks that have wounded approximately two dozen of our U.S. servicemen, do you support the use of military force by the United States no, no, against Iran? Oh. Governor Haley, would you please answer that? Yes, I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and I don't wear them unless you can run in them. Um, well, we got two this, of you on stage. The second that, thing so. that I will say is I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. What we need to be doing for Iraq and Syria is, first of all, the idea that our men and women could be targeted and that we've allowed almost 100 hits to happen under Biden's watch is unthinkable. We need to understand this is Iran giving the green light, telling them what to do, and we shouldn't be doing the tit for tat like what Joe Biden has done. We need to go and take out their infrastructure that they are using to make those strikes with so they can never do it again. Iran responds to strength. You punch them one and you punch them hard and they will back off. But what we don't need is Biden falling all over himself to get back Where? in the Iran deal. Him Sorry, giving dude. $6 billion to get five hostages home. Him telling Netanyahu now that he needs a pause you or a ceasefire. We don't need him going and sitting there tiptoeing around Iran because he thinks they're going to do something. You don't respond to an enemy and a terrorist with fear. You respond with strength. When you do that, that's when the world pays attention, and that's when Iran stops. Thank you. Governor DeSantis, if I can continue with you. Uh, just today, the U.S. launched another one of its limited airstrikes uh, against targets in Syria, this time Iranian-linked uh, facility. How far would you go militarily to hold Iran accountable? Well, first, Matt, thanks for your question, and I appreciate what you've done over the last month. I know it's been very difficult for the community, and appreciate you guys rallying together in difficult times. Uh, I actually served in Iraq back in the day, and um, we had al-Qaeda in Iraq. You had Shia militias that were funded by Iran that were killing hundreds and hundreds of U.S. troops. And as commander-in-chief, I am not going to put our troops in harm's way unless you're willing to defend them with everything you have. Biden has them out there. They're sitting ducks. He's doing glancing blows. That's just inviting more attacks from the Iranians. I would say you, you harm a hair on the head of an American service member, and you are going to have hell to pay. We are not just going to sit there and let our service members be sitting ducks, and that's true whether it's the RAN or whether it's any country on the world. We have to be strong, and we have to defend the people who defend us. All right, thank you, Governor. Now our second and final question from Matthew Brooks of the Republican Jewish Coalition. Please watch. Jewish students across the country are threatened and under attack. 
What do you say to Jewish students on college campuses who feel unsafe given the dramatic rise in anti-Semitism? And what do you say to university presidents and college presidents who have not met the moral clarity moment to forcefully condemn Hamas terrorism? Expel Mr. Ramaswamy, would you like to take that? Uh, Absolutely. Of committing I think crime. the scourge of anti-Semitism across this country, including at places like my alma maters and places like Brooklyn Bridge in New York, or how it's about Congress? sad to see. But here's what history teaches us. Well, Anti-Semitism is a symptom of a deeper cancer in a country and a society that is lost. And we are lost. Several years ago, when I wrote my first book, Woke they Inc., I was talking about they were chanting life. death to America, oh. death to white people, death to Christians. Nobody was waking up back then. Now it's even bad. Now they're saying death to Israel and worse. So it is wrong, but we have to get to the root cause here. Now, I think it's really important that we do this through leadership, so not censorship. Leadership means man. fill that void with purpose and meaning. Dilute this wokeism and anti-Semitism to irrelevance. These kids, they have no idea what the heck they're even talking about when they're siding with Hamas over Israel. They are fools. But I also want to caution here, if we go the direction of Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, with whom I respectfully disagree on this issue, pro-censorship, telling student groups to disband, Mark my words. Soon they will say if you question a vaccine and its side effects, you're a bioterrorist. Soon they will say that if you show up at a school board meeting, you're a domestic terrorist. Soon if they say that J6 prisoners should be released, you're an insurrectionist terrorist. So that's where this road ends. We don't quash this with censorship because that creates a worse underbelly. We quell it through leadership by calling it out. These university administrators have lost their way, and we need leadership at the top in the United States of America that restores our founding values and that has no place for this kind of anti-Semitic hate. That's where I stand Absolutely. while respecting our Constitution. Your time is out. Uh, Senator Scott, uh, let me get you to weigh in on what you just heard. He was done, so, and he was like, oh, okay. Let me just say to like, every single yeah. university president in America, federal funding is a privilege, not a right, number one. Number two, to every student who've come to our country on a visa to a college campus, your visa is a privilege, not a right. Red Number three, white any campus that allows for anti-Semitism and hate Holy to shit. allow students to encourage terrorism, mass murder, mass murder and genocide, you he should lose kind of your like federal funding today, yeah, period. To all the students, on visas who are encouraging Jewish genocide, I would deport you from those campuses. We have to stand strong with our Jewish Americans. At the end of the day, we should not have our Jewish students in a library 